You're listening to curated podcasts from the Beyond Infinity radio show, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. So, John, there's a new Google phone out. It's called the Pixel 4. What's the, what's the general response at it's, this stage? It's been pretty leaked this whole year. There's been lots of photos, you know, images that have been released throughout the year. So when it came the time for the announcement, there weren't that many surprises for a number of factors, but there were still some surprises which caught a lot of people off guard, and uh, that, that includes myself. I mean, I've, as I've talked about many times in the show, I've got the Pixel 2, and it's been a very good phone, an excellent phone. It, the camera is amazing. I've got the smaller version, just the Pixel 2. There is a 2XL version, which is the larger um, form factor. Yep. I, I'm Personally, I'm just happy with that smaller form factor. Yep. But it is starting to show its age a little bit. And I know that it's starting to fall behind. I said to myself a few months ago, look, depending on what the Pixel 4 holds uh, in terms of what features it has, I may look at getting that, uh, you know, might update that early in 2020. But after this release, uh, I can tell you straight off the bat, I am not interested. It does have some good features, but uh, it's something it, which is a big skip for me. And, and some of the reasons are that it's come out with a 90 hertz display. So this is a fast refresh on the screen. It's, it, it can make things move smoother. However, uh, that will actually drop to 60 hertz, which is sort of the, sort of the standard, if you will, of the, the, the phones, once you dip below 75% screen brightness. Yep. And so you have to have high brightness in order to have the high refresh rates and those two things combined can actually be a big battery suck as well if you think about high brightness all the time and then you've got a fast moving phone you know sucking up all that power you're going to burn through your so battery. that's uh, where that's useful it's like if you've got a, that refresh rate 60 hertz if you've got a tv like a, a flat screen tv fairly modern one if you know 100 hertz refresh rate is good because if you're watching a video that means that, that the screen is actually being refreshed at a fast that's rate right. so it yeah. supports fast motion gaming would be another thing exactly. that would be supported yeah. by that so that's the, and, and that's it, the benefit it, of that, that it really speed. it smooths out the movement so if you're scrolling up or down through a page mm. there's sometimes a bit of a lag in there you don't get that with a 90 hertz display mm. but there are other smart uh, phones that are being released at the moment with 90 hertz that are not not sort of scale back i mean this is a uh, dynamically scale back so that it is trying to save your battery but mm. it's penalizing the phone as well for me it's it's kind of there kind of not it's a bit of a hit and miss i personally would choose a different phone if you're looking for the 90 hertz display now it's it's taken away which is for me a big major disappointment taken away the fingerprint sensor mm. so we knew from the photos that released there wouldn't be the fingerprint unlock in the back of the device that was a known from all the renders that came out mm. what some people expected was a maybe was that it was either in the power button on the side or it was moved to in display like some of the new devices are getting at the moment right right but that is not the case at all. So there is no fingerprint unlock. What they have moved to—it's got to, a notch on the front. It's what—it's got a, a slightly bigger sort of forehead on the top, and then smaller chin at the bottom, mm -hmm. and that is so it can fit in some extra sensors. Mm -hmm. And one of these sensors is the face unlock. Yeah. And there's also another one which is motion sense. So what motion sense does is multiple factors. But when you go, when you move to pick up your phone, motion sense actually understands that your hand is near the phone and is about to pick it up so it actually gets the face unlock system ready uh -huh. so right rather than holding up the phone and then pointing at the face and waiting for face unlock mm. it's actually getting things ready mm. and then you've got your face unlock which is like you know like a fingerprint unlock but, but it gets you into your device because and it's super quick because with 
Face ID, which is the Apple equivalent, which has the notch at the top of the screen, which includes that scanner that scans your face. You actually, it's slower than unlocking your phone with with a fingerprint. So if you've got an yeah. iPhone 8 or earlier, you can actually pick up your phone and open your screen by putting your finger and touching that home button mm-hmm. faster than if you pick up the phone and wait for it, because it, it's that two-stage thing. So, yes. so, so Google's addressed that by having a motion sensor. And, and they're sort of, you know, it's pre, they're sort of warming up the engines as you go to reach in to pick it up. Mm. And the problem with the face unlock is that it actually will unlock your device with your eyes closed. So if you're sleeping and somebody else picks up your device and then just oh. turns it to your face, it will unlock your device. So you can be not aware of it being open. Exactly. And mm. maybe it's not always you want to unlock your device. Like some people may just want to pick up the phone to look at the time and you, and on uh, you know there's the on, always on display which I have on my device mm. which is it can be in sleep mode but it's showing the clock so I pick up my device just to look up mm. or if I look at the phone I don't necessarily want it to open up so there's a there's a couple of things there mm. but also too it hasn't got automatic support I mean they've, what they've done is they've done away with the fingerprint sensor and I have you know I've got a cryptocurrency wallet I've got phone banking app which requires fingerprint unlock I've got a number of apps uh, which require a fingerprint unlock and not all of those yet support the face unlock and it's not sure how they will implement it properly. Yes. So it, look, I know it will happen, but mm. it's not as a seamless migration over to the and, and, and where this is becomes critical because you don't have a fingerprint security layer, if you like, because they've taken away that facility. Say you go to, to use the equivalent of Apple Pay. If you want to pay for something, tap at a, at a shop mm-hmm. with, your, with your Google phone using that near-field sensor that's built mm-hmm. into the phone, then you actually want that to be integrated. You want that wallet service yeah. to be integrated with scanning your face, yes. which it is with Apple, and it doesn't sound like it is with that Google it, Pixel phone. It, look, my understanding is that they've sent, like some Google products are implementing it. Mm. Then there's some third-party services that now have access to the code that are starting to look at implementing it. But unfortunately, it's it's not has not been available to sort of implement straight away. So therefore, it could be, look, it might be a few weeks, it might be a few months, but it, it could be- a couple be, of software updates it, Way. It mm. could be a long time. So mm. for me, that's a reason not yeah, to jump on board straight that, away. That's an annoyance, really, because you want that you want that service. And there's other things as well. I mean, for example, WhatsApp, you can set up on your phone so that you've either got to scan your face or you've got to use Face ID to open a particular app. Yeah. Or various things. You can you can even choose in some cases. You can customize. You can say, okay, well, I want that to be a, an extra layer of security within my phone, not only to open the phone from um, from locked, but also to open that app once the phone's open. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, look, I've heard of people you know that that might have stolen. Or, you know, have phones stolen from them, mm. and one of the things is the thief is actually getting them to, to get their fingerprint straight away, and so it's unlocked as they run away with it. Mm. So, you know, if there's a face unlock, all they're having to do is hold up the phone to the, this person's face, and it's unlocked and it's it's done anyway. Mm. So that's, mm. that's that's a side issue. But like one of the the major factors for me is especially on the smaller Pixel Four, the battery size is twenty eight hundred, so two thousand eight hundred milliamp hours. That is one hundred and fifteen milliamp hours less than the Pixel Three's battery. Right. So the battery life has gone down. It's smaller battery. Because of that, uh, that fast refresh rate. No, well, it's, the thing. actual size, the capacity of it has gone down a little bit. And the concern is that the screen on, on time will be severely affected because you've got a higher refresh rate and you've got the, the reliance on a face unlock. Uh, all of that. There's also, you know, there's two rear cameras, but one of those is a telephoto, and whereas it should have been probably a wide angle. Hmm. There are two rear cameras on this device. The standard camera, which everyone expects, and and the reason you would buy a Pixel device is mainly for the camera. It's got amazing picture quality, and it, it 
is an improvement from the previous Pixel 3, a slight improvement. I've seen some of the side-by-side -side pictures and the sort of the warmth that you get and the well, the AI or the algorithms that, that are used to develop the images are better. For example, when you take a photo on a previous Pixel device, the screen that you're looking at when you take the photo would not necessarily reflect the image that you get as a result because of the exposure or other you know, light factors that can influence that image. Whereas the Pixel 4 will actually do an on-display exposure in what the picture will actually look like so that you can do the finer sort of tweaks on your device to get an appropriate image, one that you're you know, really happy with. What you see on the screen when you take that image is what you'll actually get you know, because it does the pre-processing as well as the post-processing to match it. One of the main or key reasons that you would get the Pixel 4 is because of the camera. However, on the back, as mentioned, there is a telephoto lens rather than a wide angle lens. And it is an interesting choice by Google for this. So telephoto being that you can you know zoom right in and get those shots from further away. I do see an advantage to this. However, uh, my preference would have been for a wide angle. And, and I guess one of the reasons that is, is because there is an, an extra mode that's been added. We know that there is night sight, which is available on Pixel devices already, which means that you can take a photo in low light conditions and it will um, you know, really bring out the, the, the light in the image and make it very visual, very, very easy to see. That is still on the current Pixel 4, but what they've added in is astrophotography mode. So allowing you to walk outside, take a photograph of the, the night sky, and it will actually bring out all the you know the stars that you, that are you know not necessarily visible to the human eye. So there are some good reasons to to buy this device uh, for the astrophotography mode if you're into that for the camera experience. But that to me is um, is not enough when I know that some of this software in in time will be available to alternate providers or alternate handsets. It's not enough at this point to um, to capture that, particularly when I've talked about you know a smaller battery and you know the face unlock versus you know fingerprint unlock and then the 90 hertz display which is downscaled. Then the motion sense, which I've sort of already touched upon, which basically works by sort of like radar, and this is when you move your hand into a think of a dome. If it was lying on the table, think of a dome over your phone, and as soon as your hand enters that dome, it activates the device in some way. So that might be to turn on the face unlock system. That way, it's starting to you know look for or read a, a face. Uh, but also, there's some additions, and it's very early days at this. But there are some additions that are happening within certain software, and one of those examples, which was on display, was in Spotify, you could skip forward or, or go back in a song by just waving your hand over the display. So if you, you know, waved from left to right going over the display, that would take you back. Or, or if you waved from right to left, that would skip ahead. That was very simplistic and that might be useful if you've got dirty hands and you don't want to pick up your device, um, you just want to flick through the phone. Obviously, this is still very early concept stages. Uh, I mean, not well. I mean, it's in production. But, but what I mean by concept is, it's it's showing what is available, what what could potentially happen. And now it's up to the developers to take that away and and turn that into something a bit more. So, look, we'll see what happens from this. I'm a little bit skeptical that it's going to be a big factor. I, me personally, I like the still somewhat tactile nature of a phone. I mean, you know, you got the haptic feedback on your display. You know, there's something about 
touching buttons or the screen or holding in a certain way to activate the device rather than you know waving your hand which could potentially not work as expected and therefore the frustration that you would get from trying to activate your device via waving your phone could be negated by actually picking it up and, and pressing the, the appropriate part of the screen which would move forward or back finally the smaller of the two phones is a 5.7 inch display and that's a 19.9 oled screen running at 1080 by 2280 and the larger the displays is a 6.3 inch quad hd plus panel now the phones are available now there are some attractive deals through some of the major outlets in in australia and that's if you buy the phone now then you might get uh, some sort of you know a credit with that particular store or if you go on to a plan it's actually a really low price for the phone itself so as long as you go on to a 12 month or a 24 month plan you're getting some benefits there and obviously that's because the phone's released and they want it to sell well for me my recommendation is this is one to avoid i've not seen you know enough features on there for me even to consider getting it as a a phone there's enough negatives on there to just completely avoid just not interested i'm going to wait till the pixel 5 i'm somewhat hoping that that google will realize that they were probably too ambitious with this one and yes it's their own hardware and they can experiment and do whatever but it's meant that I'm now reconsidering, you know, what line of devices I would get. Uh, you know, the Pixel 2 that I currently have is and has been an amazing phone, but it is uh, something that I would probably need to look at upgrading over the next 12 months. And definitely um, Pixel 4 is not in consideration anymore. There are other devices which are a little bit cheaper and they have many more features that are available now and have been for a, at least a few months so I'm looking forward to the new release phones in early 2020, but uh, definitely Pixel 4 is scratched off the list for me. Not interested in that one. All right. Well, thanks, John. That's uh, good for people who are considering getting that new phone. I, I think a lot of people uh, will, be, will be reconsidering after hearing what you said. But I just think that those issues with battery, with the lack of integration of the, the, the facial recognition technology with other apps which you need it for, yeah. these are kind of uh, are pretty big issues with that phone. There are a lot of things to choose from on the market and they're just so expensive as well and pixel phones are not cheap you know they're really it, expensive it, phones they're up there with apple in terms of pricing yeah you know? and as i just said i mean there are enough good alternate uh, or amazing alternate android offerings mm. which are cheaper and they've got you know either the same features not necessarily the motion sense or the biometric face unlock but they've got better features as good a camera or you know as good a display if not better much better battery life uh, for example so there are plenty of different options mm. that's why i'm now looking outside of the the pixel ecosystem to a different android phone for my next device i'm not looking to choose one in the next couple of months but i just know now that pixel 4 is off the list completely just changing changing tack slightly away from uh, the android ecosystem but i was reading that that a very large percentage it might have been a third or more of new purchases that people are doing for apple phones are, involve a trade-in of their old phone so they have oh, right. a program to allow you to offload your old phone mm -hmm. and upgrade mm -hmm. and they want to encourage that and uh, and a lot of people are taking that up you know getting rid of i think it applies from the 6s upwards 
you can trade through the Apple Store. Uh, you've got a 6S, and obviously it has to be in reasonable condition, but they will take that phone from you, recondition it, sell it again themselves to a, someone else who wants that, that level of phone, and you can trade that in and get yourself a new phone. So it's a way that Apple is dealing with that issue of people holding onto their phones for a lot longer. They do want people to buy their new phones, and so that's a way that they're doing it with big percentage of their sales that involve a trade-in now. And I'll just tack onto this there. I know we've been talking about Android phones, but because you've brought up Apple, mm. I will say that uh, hopefully you've updated your iPhone 5 or your iPhone 4S to the latest uh, software mm. uh, because there is a GPS issue which potentially can render your phone you know, useless. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard about that and it, um, it's, it's important. It is only from, uh, from 5 or older that this affects yes, yes, and it's right. just asking you to do a software update which won't give you the latest software because it can't run on that phone yeah, but it'll, yeah, give, you just, a, it'll yeah. give you a newer version which will run on the phone and will prevent that issue. It's yes, to do right. with the built-in, yes, basically the, a timer the, that's built into the, the phone. Yeah, well, it's the timer that's also in GPS, the rollover as well. So yep. every 20 years or about, the counter rolls over mm. and if the, like the phone can therefore look, well, is, does the time display mean 20 years ago or 40 years ago? Like it doesn't understand this mm. and therefore it's like a Y2K kind of all you've got until it's, it's the first of november isn't it i think yeah running running short or it's probably overdue by now so if you're i guess the psa at the moment is if you haven't been able to use your device it's most likely because of this so see if you can download the update directly from itunes mm. uh, and up, apply that to your phone yeah or try to back it keep it off the network because it'll be trying to connect to the network that would brick the phone yes so if you keep it off the network and back it up manually exactly. onto your onto your desktop computer for example that might be the way to go as well all right thanks john you're listening to Beyond Infinity. Science and Technology Podcasts. You'll find show notes and other resources, plus our complete searchable backlist of over 600 podcasts at our program website, beyondinfinity.com.au.